are listening to Lightning Strikes Thrice, a JRPG Games Club podcast. This is Season 5, Episode 4, picking up from our last session where we left the Southampton Mines on our way to Wales, and we continue through the end of the Neem Ruins. I am Matt Marcus, and along with me is Chris Taylor, Fletcher Arnett. Uh, yeah, I'm Autumn. Hi. Well, we finally get out of the mine, and we are in Wales. Uh, and this is where the uh, end game of uh, the previous game, Shadow Hearts, took place. The now ruined Nemeton Monastery. Yuri sums up the last game in brief in a cutscene, which uh, is very cute because uh, there's little like childlike drawings of it. While also in the corner, there's a picture in picture of like the cutscenes. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> Why? It's a very strange. And we see this. I guess the crown drawings are just Yuri's. Yes, that is canonical. He is the one drawing those. Which, uh, you know, I support his dreams. I'm, I'm glad he uh, has this uh, uh, artistic spark in him. He draws some, like, pretty big boobs on one of the monsters. <laughs> uh, it is the unholy revived corpse of a dead woman. So they, they had the titties there before. Well, I'm sure they were there, but he chose to emphasize them. He is Yuri. Yeah. Also, there's, like, no context for any of the things he's talking about in this scene. So, like, they're expositing about stuff that happened in Shadow Hearts 1, but, like, I still don't understand any of it. Nah. I mean, more I... or less same. Roger Bacon lives in the love, parentheses, craft, and parentheses, shack. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's all I got. That's my contribution for the next five minutes. That's your text. I, I I I know I know I was I was Matt's being distracted by a DM I set up I was gotcha. also I was I was it says I know we're not doing episode titles but if we were I would call this a beautiful mind that's a good one yeah <laughs> uh, 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 so, so yeah the story the the story that we get told uh, briefly is that a, a dude raised a shitty castle in the sky uh, to try to summon what would later be called a Lovecraftian abomination. Uh, with the help of an ancient musician, Roger Bacon, Yuri and his crew, uh, 9-11 the castle is what the note says. I'm saluting right now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Never forget. Uh, into the ground and uh, killed a god. As you do. Yep. So, uh, as Chris beautifully put it, Roger Bacon lives in the Lovecraft shack right here. But he's out right now, so we're going to loot his house for cool new magic and gambling. You know how you're always looking for Roger Bacon and you can never find Roger Bacon? Shadow Hearts is hitting a little too close to home. Uh -huh. I'm so mad that you cannot pick up the rope ladder now and that chest <laughs> just magically appears later. Fuck you. Yeah, I, I noticed that. But also, there's an extra fuck you here. So, like, you get here. There is a save point. Oh, yeah. There is a save point yeah. in the back of the room. And if you're not careful, like, exploring, like, trying to, like, you know, hump all the walls and pick up all the items... You accidentally leave and get into a boss yeah, fight? Yeah, I got into a second yeah. boss fight before saving, and I hadn't even healed at all. Like, I, I I mean, like, I was at pretty good HP levels, but I was at, like, almost no MP and, and no, like, items left. Uh, and I managed to get through it, but I would have been furious if I had to fight Grimlock again. Fortunately, Same. fortunately, it's just Lenny. Uh, he ambushes you with two of his uh, He's so weird metal claw ninja ninjas from the castle of Cagliostro, who... Make squeaky toy noises when you hit them. I don't uh -huh. understand these guys. They're so weird. They're just weird. That's all it is. Yeah. 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 No, they're just. And they and they love comboing. Who doesn't? 
I honestly think this is one of the garbage fights this episode. He's Earth Element, but if you still have uh, Paralysis, Resist Accessories, then uh, just heal yourself while you bash in his skull. He doesn't have a lot of tricks. Yeah. I mean, he has a decent number of hit points, like not quite as much as Grimlock. It's just really, you got to get those ads out of the way. It, yeah, it's just a long fight. There's like literally nothing to say about it other than it's a long and you might have to use a sanity point if you, sanity leap if you have Karen because Karen fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does Karen plot get more sanity points later? No. It makes diegetic sense, I think, because she is the least experienced in this stuff, except for maybe, I guess, Lucia. But, like, Joaquin's a vampire. Lucy kind of has a lot of sanity points, doesn't she? Maybe I'm Uh, misremembering. I definitely ran it. I haven't used her once. I used her in the last dungeon here, and uh, she she lasted most of the boss fight before going insane, but she did go insane briefly. I've never had anyone go insane. Uh, Because you're, like, min-maxing everything. I'm, like, low-level running this, apparently. (laughs) I used Lucia once I got her, and she never actually felt useful. Yeah, so uh after you uh after you beat up Lenny and his uh ninjas, you get another uh exposition dump because uh this dude just shows up, like Lenny runs away and then this man just kinda walks on stage and like golf claps because you beat up that large man very good. He introduces himself as an explorer named Thomas. He uh tells us uh about uh tells us more about Roger being captured by uh Sapientis Gladio. I think we actually forgot to mention that. When Lenny ambushes you, there is uh, this scene where he kind of taunts you by saying, ah, you came to find Roger Bacon. Little did you know that we already have Roger Bacon. And then there's like a very strange comedy beat where Yuri uh, reverse psychologies him into telling them where Roger Bacon is by saying, oh, so I bet you don't even know where he is, huh? I don't believe you. You don't know where he is. You're lying. So stupid. Yeah, like, it's and Le- Lenny is, like, very, very insulted by this. It's, it's, I don't know that I would say it works no. as a comedy beat. But it's anyway, extremely uh, Saturday morning cartoon in a way that is just, no. So at odds with the other half of the game that isn't a Saturday morning cartoon. There's, like, the parts of this game that are a Saturday morning cartoon, there's the parts of this game that are a horny anime, and the parts of this game that are, like, weird eldritch stuff. So it's basically Cartoon Network. <laughs> like, it's just different times of the day. But, uh, yeah, he uh, he gives us more information about Roger being captured, and he kind of gives us some background on uh, Sapientis Gladio. Apparently are this uh, hidden secret society that nobody knows about that uh, very discreetly did a bunch of very public execution-style assassinations of major political figures around Europe. It was like dudes hanging off of the Eiffel Tower and shit. Very like, secretive. Yeah. Well, uh, what The heads on Spike seems ineffective because you can tell from the outline that it's just skulls, so nobody knows who that is. That's not very effective. Uh, I Maybe they left a note. Well, I guess, I guess phrenology was popular at the time. <laughs> I'm uh, not going to say what just popped into <laughs> my head because I'm not giving you that recording. <laughs> Come on. Uh, uh, basically, think that issue of Planetary that involves H.P. Lovecraft. Oh, God. Yeah. I, I have no idea what that is. Should I not look it up? Um, It's a 
actually kind of funny dark joke about how racist that dude was. Yeah, he well, was basically pretty racist. They discover the eggs from Alien in a crate, and all of the characters are like, oh god, we have to get rid of these, and Lovecraft's response is just, my dear Dr. Snow, I do believe these are Negro eggs. Oh, yikes. Oh, yeah. yikes. Did you see that tweet that I said, I can't believe H.P. Lovecraft's cat was called Karen? <laughs> 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 yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, wow. It's very funny. That joke only has a shelf life of like a week, but it's so good. <laughs> no, there are people who are going to be pushing that narrative for ages because they have nothing else but anger now. Uh, I, I, Turns out we didn't start being nice to them. Hell yeah. I, I, I'm still shaking my head at Livecraft, Love, Laughcraft, Lovecraft. I know. <laughs> I'm just shaking my head. <sighs> we eat, pray, love in a society. Fill your <laughs> life with Laughtercraft and Lovecraft. Uh so yeah, we're going to Florence. Welcome to JoJo's part five, fuckers. <laughs> you uh so uh after you talk to Thomas, he uh tells you to go to Florence and meet with this fortune teller, and uh as soon as you leave you can just teleport across uh all of Europe to Italy. So you do that, and as soon as you enter Florence, you uh are thrown right into this cutscene of uh, a provocatively dressed woman. <laughs> belly dancing while a bunch of uh, tarot cards fly around her. Uh-huh. It's incredible because Karen clearly does not understand that everyone else is horny. Yeah, like she's looking like, oh, how are the cards doing that? And every and all the other guys are like sitting mouth agape, like looking the other direction. No, right what it her. is is Karen goes, that's incredible. And then Yuri goes, yeah. yeah. How does she do that? And she also... goes, yeah. Yeah, like Yuri is monosyllabic right now. It's also like very weird to me Better that she's monoslavic. so entranced by someone doing magic when she literally does magic. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. And who, <sighs> who, who knows? <laughs> she, she really wants that gambit power is what she really wants. Ugh. <laughs> it's pretty extra. And it's like a really long cutscene too. It, it runs for like, it's so a couple long. minutes, it's like five minutes. Uh, yeah, so uh, Carla is, we're, we're supposed to speak with Carla. We're not supposed to speak with Lucia. Lucia just happened to be there. Carla is the uh, the madam of this uh, fortune brothel thing going on, uh, which is very weird because, like, the setup is that all of this show and dance is to watch another guy get his fortune read. <laughs> and and Carla says that they're booked up out for, like, months at a time uh, because it's so popular. So it's basically, like, I, I guess that you get your fortune read and then you invite all your friends to be horny at it. Well, no, I think you pay to get in there, right? Like why only make money off of one, the fortune once instead of like all of the people who come pay to be there and watch this weird. And, dance. I, and I guess it's also advertising. <laughs> so it's like, if you, it's vertical integration. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Uh, you vertically integrate. So your customers can vertically integrate with your fortune teller later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you, you you try to get uh, Carla to help you, and she kind of agrees to, but uh, only for a price. Uh, and she kind of says, you know, well, you can work for me, and I don't think you want to work in the brothel, and only Karen here would look good in a see-through outfit. And there is 
as soon as she says that, Yuri gets like a, a an exclamation mark over his head, which is an ambiguous enough sign that like I'm incapable of being on uh, the wavelength of horny anime at this point. So I immediately thought, oh, he's going to be annoyed that she doesn't think he'd look good in a see-through dress because <sighs> that's the joke I would have written. But instead, he's just horny about the idea. Of well, it's not just him, though. Okay. Him and Geppetto and I think Joaquin, too, all like like look over to her and get like the little like uh, ellipsis um, speech bubble above but, their head. Okay. I got. I gotta say, Joaquin offers. I could be a dancer. I'm good at it. And then the lady goes, "Keep it to yourself, sicko." Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Yikes! <laughs> Big yikes! Yeah. Big yikes! <laughs> Oi, yeah. And I and like the thing I didn't understand is that Yuri just has to like say please, and then Carla says it, and I don't know why that worked. It didn't didn't read right to me. Am I missing something? So I think. Mm. I, I think what it is is that we'll we'll get this is a twist later, but I think when she's agreeing, it's because she believes that you are actually Sapientus Gladio coming to get her, and she's like scare quotes agreeing to work with you because she is trying to put you into this death trap. That makes more yeah, sense. Let's actually, just, yeah. Let's just uh, jump ahead a little in the notes right now. Yeah. This until the end of this whole recording is the chapter of the game that is bullshit to everyone who knows the plot because nothing matters. This sucks. <laughs> yeah, it sucks so bad. Everything, until we stop talking to you this week, is bullshit. I don't know. I didn't hate this. I guess I'm the weird one. <laughs> I mean, like, plot-wise, obviously, it's bullshit. That's my point. Yeah. Plot-wise, this is all running around with your dick in your hands for nothing. Well, you get, you get, yeah, you get the add, book. It's though. adding, like, an extra two hours into the game. Oh, no, you don't get That's two dungeons later. Sorry, I, I'm jumping ahead. Yeah. Italy doesn't matter at all. Uh-huh. This dungeon doesn't matter at all. No. And you explicitly shouldn't get the book because they tell you where the guy is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it... it Ugh. It's actually really weird to me that. Oh my god! <laughs> what? You're right. Fuck. Yeah, <laughs> they told you where he's held, or at least they they well they could also be lying, but they want you to meet them there with the guy. Uh but and with the book, yeah, that's just not hmm hmm not smart. Now everything about this sucks ass. Mm-hmm. There's a there's some side quests. <laughs> There's a stud card. Spoiler. We'll, we'll, we'll get to my thing with this section later. Uh, yeah, I don't know. If you're mad about this, please go off. Fuck it. I'm so tired. I'm not really mad about it. I just like, mostly I like feel like Lucia is a very bizarre non-character. Uh, what is her mechanic? So what you <sighs> have. I'm uh, never going to put her in the party. You have Nothing oils. but RNG, baby. Yeah. Is she like a Riku type deal? Okay, I when we recruit her, I have notes on that. We'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I never want to fuck around with like a Riku type character where I have to care about the contents of my inventory. So it's different than that. Yeah, Don't it's, it's 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 okay. it's interesting. Uh this is a nice way to put it. The way you said interesting makes me not Well, I you. only have the the two stock ones she comes with, which is like Yeah, we'll talk about it. It's after this next dungeon here. Yeah. Let's we are so fucking behind. We are at <laughs> Oh, this is going to cut in half. Fletcher, this is what it's going to be like because of of the pacing. (laughs) They're all going to be like this. Thank you. Yeah, well, I'm in hell now, and we're talking about the part of the game I hate the most. So I'm just... 
I'm going to highlight all the rest of this red. <laughs> Enjoy your podcast. I'll do it. I'll do it. Don't you fucking challenge me. I'll get through this in 30 minutes or less. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, anyway, we're trying to go to pick up a flower, this quote-unquote rare flower. And Lucia's going to take us to this island. Uh, the thing that should have been, like, the bullshit meter is that this flower blooms every month. It's not how flowers work. I don't know anything about flowers. It could be. Um, there are definitely some plants that have abnormal Do bloom they? cycles. Yeah, but like a one month like bloom to die to grow to bloom, like that just seems like a lot. I could have bloom to die. World is a, a fun. Whole... <laughs> 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 oh Christ! Sorry, Carrie. Good help. It was so good. Here, let's just let's just talk about side quests there's another wolf bout it's a prissy high society one we can get a pedometer come back here for step count there's another stud card it's a horny matador let's talk about where the trading quest starts to suck if you have the dry straw there is a man who will trade you an underground film for it this is where if you were playing any other game the game would go okay you find whoever wants the underground film no it doesn't tell you that starting from this point in the quest, multiple people can seek out the same item. Some of those people will end the quest prematurely, and you don't know it. You'll be walking dead. Yikes. If you are doing this, if you are playing along with this podcast, look up the trading quest right now. Because there are multiple false steps, some of which can screw you out of like failing the whole quest you can still get the ultimate weapon at the end of it in fact one of the things allows you to end it one step early and keep your dignity and get a lot of money but the final conclusion to the quest can only be done in basically one way with i think one branch point that allows for a little leeway and at different points up to three people will be seeking the item with no indication that there are others who will take it. That is so this shitty. fucking sucks. Cheat at it. Oh my god. Let's go to Mandarin. Like, I kind, I kind of get it, because, like, the game is extremely replayable. Like, just from a customization aspect, like, when you level what, uh, has new game pluses and stuff. But it does suck if you're just gonna play it once and be done. Yeah, I, like... I am so glad, like, at the end of my play session, I went, like, let me check a couple of towns to see where I can give this uh, film to. And thankfully, I didn't find any of them <laughs> before I gave up. And I'm like, I am so glad I know this now. <laughs> yeah, this quest cheats. I stumbled into the underground film, but I already knew I was not going to try to seek them out. So I didn't care that much. Oh, I have not looked around for it yet because I heard we we're going to a place where a film festival is happening. And that's where I figured I would dump it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. Anyway, so the next dungeon, Mount Mariana Island. Uh, the gimmick here is we need to find uh, 12 Zodiac tile, tiles and uh, solve some riddles by putting the tiles in a certain order to unlock certain doors, which would lead to this magic flower. It's not the only gimmick, but it's the main conceit. I kind of like this dungeon. It's small. It's like a just like a very simple mirrored layout. The encounter rate is uh, actually like fairly low compared to how what it's been in, in some other places. And there's like a bunch of like dumb gimmicks, but like 
there's stuff like you know there there is like you know the zodiac puzzle like you kind of it's kind of a puzzle it's more of a puzzle than we've seen before like you know this is not it was the right level hmm. of puzzle for me like yeah, i enjoyed doing like, those and did not look them up this is like a really a pretty frictionless dungeon and i think that's a good thing to have in a dungeon is just like that's what i want i want it to not be a pain in my ass thank you yeah i like the the encounters are pretty straight like none of the enemies are like super dangerous they all have it's mostly like mobs of like toy like enemies that they're easy to to beat it may cost you some mp to do it just to kill multiple at a time but it's not that bad and like I, my experience with this dungeon was that I picked up like two chests of tiles, solved the right door and went right to the boss. So like yeah. it was very short. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's not that much longer if you do everything. Yeah, I might go back and do it anyway, because uh, I think I missed the the ring soul uh, here, which um, the ring soul. This is the one where uh, the ring soul says, uh, hey, just hurry it up. My wife's waiting for me. And, I did uh, not get that conversation here. Uh, <laughs> but. Yeah, he's he's clearly just like I'm the ring soul, and Yuri's like, like Yuri's wait. trying to do the rest of his lines. Yeah, yeah, and Yuri like has to do it for him, and finally the ring soul just like dumps the item on you and goes, "Look, you know how this goes. My wife is waiting." And Yuri gets so mad that he has been blown off by this cosmic being now that he's trying to be nice. Uh, -huh. uh yeah. So there's a couple of bonus gimmicks in this dungeon. One of them is the fortune cookie and tea room. Eat a cookie for a random effect. It can be beneficial. It can be as much as everyone loses a bunch of HP bad. Real cool. I, I got your bodies feel great. It's just huge stat boost. Nice. Yeah, the, the counter to that is your bodies feel sluggish and like bloated or something. And it's a bunch of hp and a status effect uh this buff was so strong that i killed the bot the boss only got to take two actions and unfortunately both of those actions were steel cash <laughs> so, <Yikes>. uh, <laughs> just down three thousand yikes yeah we'll we'll get there holy shit you block origin has blocked over a thousand requests on this page yeah i believe for it. our notes <laughs> uh, uh, fuck off google Bonus puzzle number two, the blood type door. Ugh. We need someone whose blood type is AB to open it. If you brute force this, it will destroy a treasure, and you want Petrify 1, a ring effect. Oh, that... so good. Yeah. It gives you a Petrify spot on the Judgment Ring. Petrify is effectively an instant death for an enemy because no enemy in the game can cure it. How do these work? Um, these Are these uh, get a strike on the last spot? Last hit? No, I think they're just random. Is it a chance per hit? Is it a chance per spin? So they the chance that it hits goes up based on what the level is. Petrify 1 is the weakest. But it's just sure. an extra spot to hit in the chain. Is it? Oh, yeah. that's weird. Because I don't see anything extra. Because I, I thought it was... I had Paralyze 1 on one of my... I think I I think on uh, Karen, and that would proc like pretty regularly. But I think it was mostly chance. Like I didn't see like she still had four uh, hit areas. Yeah, there's no like color changes or anything, which is why I'm trying to figure out wh when can it proc? Is it per spin per hit? Maybe like, it's just there... a percent chance now. Let's go find yeah. out. Uh, I don't know. On. I'm using Gambler Ring. <laughs> oh, you that that would do it. 
this puzzle sucks. I looked it up. I'm not going to do one of these kinds of puzzles where there's also probably one of your dudes it can give you a false positive. Okay, so let's describe this puzzle because this does suck. Half the party knows their blood types, which gives you a baseline to work from. There are two testers that you can put party members on, and it will tell you if one or both of them combine to be AB. You need to start using the hints you are given and working backwards with the other slot to figure out who is AB. It's Geppetto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I missed this completely. <laughs> it is just a random chance per hit. Gotcha. So um, we're going through the dungeon. We get all 12 tiles. We can solve uh, all three doors. Uh, you can do that if you're a sucker like me, uh, because the middle and the right one both go to the same place. The left one has the fifth key behind it, which is the item we discussed earlier that I used later in this episode, which is the uh, you get five spins of the ring. Mm-hmm. It owns. Definitely used it. It was so good. Yeah. I wish I, I, if, if, I wish there was a place where I could use it at the end of a combo. Yeah, that would be incredible. So at the end of the courtyard, Lucia reveals that uh, she is here to try to kill you uh, and releases a massive pink cat thing named Andre, and Yuri calls it a big pussy. Yeah. Yep. That actually Fair happens. <laughs> I might cut it in. Uh, Look, just imagine if the cat had been creamy, though. Ooh. I, you know what? No, thank you. What? I, I don't want to think about uh, oozing. Anyway, uh, the the cat also has like earrings and stuff. Like it's a really goofy looking design, which I, I thought was like pretty entertaining and horrifying at the same time. Unfortunately for uh, Lucia, it goes for her Lu- Lucia. I, I keep saying Lucia. Lucia. It goes for her first, and there's a there's a real funny bit where like they're just you're just hearing her like like screaming, like asking for help, and they're just like, uh, "Should we do something? I don't know." And like. If this were like a more edgy product, you know, I probably they probably would have just walked away and just been like seen her get torn to pieces. Yeah. Uh, but instead, we uh, go to help. Andre, this fight fucking sucks for two reasons. Actually, sorry, I just, I just like have been mulling over this for a sec. Like, isn't it weird that the cat attacks her because she specifically has done this before to other people? So yeah, yeah. There's a lot about this that makes no sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Look, also, we're, just... we're in big pink pussy territory. Like, nothing really makes sense. So. Uh, on Lucia, the the thing that is kind of Lu- Lucia's kind of a, a heel turn, I suppose. Here is telegraphed by her, like spending the entire dungeon 
doing this like clearly fake ditz routine like oh you walk into the uh the room where you need the zodiac tiles to solve the puzzle and you know Yuri's like oh so like where do the tiles go do you do you what's the answer to the puzzle uh because she's been to this place before and she should know all of the mechanisms and everything and she's just like oh uh uh gee i don't remember teehee also clearly telegraphed that she's a villain villain by the weird romani racism well the the thing also i don't think she's playing it up quite as much though because later on uh carla just straight straight up calls her slow <laughs> Yes. Like, I think it's part of her character that she's kind of ditzy. It's just she's also playing ditzy on top of it, which is really unfortunate. Yeah, it's just so what's what's weird about her to me is that I at least in this section that we're playing here, she like never displays any other character. I'm not sure she has any lines after we leave Florence. If so, it's very few. (laughs) Don't recall. Yeah, she's like a real Steiner. Yeah, you might be right that she doesn't really speak in cutscenes after this. She's like, as soon as you get that cutscene of her dancing, I kind of immediately go, okay, yeah, this is probably a party member. Like, this design looks like you could be a party member. And the entire time in this dungeon, I was, like, second-guessing myself on that because the way she was characterized just, like, gave so little shits about her that, okay, maybe they just didn't bother. Well, I, I... I was like kind of confused about what was going on, not plot wise, because like, okay, clearly this is someone playing up being a ditz because, you know, she is working against us for some reason or another. But like, there's just no character there in a way that was very strange. There, there's very little regard for uh, Lucia as far as the writing goes. Yeah. For what it's worth, uh, there's a fun thing that. Uh, multiple people have noticed because I did see it while I was double checking my notes on this. They don't render Blanca in any cutscenes on this island for some reason. Oh, weird. Huh. Huh. Yeah. So it's not like the developers don't forget party members exist. <laughs> yeah, I guess you know. There's only so much a you know a wolf that can't really talk. I think he could kind of talk, but not really talk what the other characters can do. Yeah. Yeah. He couldn't talk to the oh, other. Oh, he characters. does fucking bully the mayor. <laughs> That's true. It's... Let's get back to why Andre sucks as a fight. Reason yeah. number one: the cat can steal your money. Yep. It has a skill named cash deal that'll take off a minimum of a grand every time it's used. It's a meow. You will not regain this money for killing it, and you only get nineteen hundred as a reward. More if you no miss on your rings. Yeah, I was. Uh, I got stolen twice for fifteen hundred came out minus 1100 for the fight yeah yeah it's not great i managed to only get hit with this once you can tell which is fake by the way can you You can yeah it's a different size that does not count on my ring well that's what you get for being a fucking degenerate (laughs) yeah uh so on mine, what will happen is like it'll go in between like if it goes if it's um a d it's a copy of one of your slots it goes before the before the one it's copying or after, and it's a slightly different size. So if you know the size of your rings and what order they should be in, you can figure out which one's fake and pass it every time. Yeah, the thing I... we're discussing is that the cat inflicts fake ring, which is a status. Yeah, yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. I suck shit. I will never remember my rings well enough to do that. 
Yeah. How's this? If you're on Gambler, it makes a second identical spot and fuck you. I'm not going to read this. <laughs> That's fair. Read the next joke you added in instead. <laughs> Reason two and a half, given that the game is openly referring to the massive pink cat as a pussy, there's probably a pun that you can defeat it faster by making it wet. Andre is fire aligned. I added that because I wanted Matt to have to read it. <laughs> no, 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 no. It used to say after you win the fight. Right. So so after we blow out the, the pussy's back walls, uh because uh, look, you can't just put this in front of us. Like this is this is what you come to LST for. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're only mildly worse than the game right no, now. No, seriously. Yeah, this, this is y'all y'all are very much operating on the level of Shadow Hearts Covenant in this. Yeah. Moment. Look, if these walls could talk. Uh, I've been tr- I've been traded. <laughs> That's my new post rock band. If these back walls could talk, uh, there's coffee in my hair again. <laughs> Finally, Shadow Hearts Covenant is perfect for me. I've been trading for this level of discourse my entire life. <sighs> my wife called me a manlet yesterday. Ugh. <laughs> Uh, so anyway gee, this, there's no way to, to, re- to get back in after that <laughs> yeah do a clean read of it let's go let's again. Uh, so, yeah Lucia reveals that she thought that uh, we were that the party was uh, Sapiente's Gladio members trying to lure them out and apparently they've been trying to do that for a long time so this is what they would do to these people is that they would uh, drag them out to this island and um, you know get them inside a pussy I guess so yeah, the funny thing is, like, Sapphire's Gladio is supposed to be secret, and it just doesn't seem as secret as, like, it, they claim, because, like, almost everyone we meet kind of knows who they are, which is kind of strange. But, I mean, like, I don't know how, like, the Explorer guy ended up learning about this, right? I'm going to take over and do my rant here, because you're dancing around it. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> we explicitly <laughs> named this organization when we walked in and said we were looking for them. So, either... Everyone in this org is an idiot and does that, tipping their hand. Or B, these two women randomly just go, I hate these people and have fed a bunch of possibly innocents to a demon cat. (laughs) As an extra fuck you, Carla, the diviner, was watching us this whole time with a magic mirror. And if she could see us and could see the future, how did she not know we were legit? I hate this. Yeah, it's... It's not great. This all sucks because now we have Lucia as a party member. Yeah, uh, Lucia is a strange character in every way. I can't, I don't understand this character mechanically. I don't understand this character in the story. And man, like between Karen having like six uh, turns before she goes insane and Lucia being whatever is going on with Lucia, like, this game doesn't like its female party members very much, does it? Like, party composition is definitely a much bigger thing in this game than in another Final Fantasy where it doesn't really matter what your party members are. It just changes your ability menu. Like, it seems like a very big deal in this game. Yeah. Which is why they give you, like, multiple slot party slots. Yeah. Well, what is her affinity? Do you, do you guys know offhand? I don't remember. I'll fucking uh, I'm never going to use it. down here. It's, but wait, more sucks. We'll get there. <laughs> So okay. uh, Lucia has two skills, tarot card, which is entirely RNG based. It's kind of like um, wild magic in a 
Baldur's Gate, basically, and Aromatherapy. Tarot card is uh, straight up that, a bunch of face-down cards spinning a roulette across the screen, and you hit the button to quote-unquote draw a card. They can be sparkling to double the effect, and they can be uh, reversed to invert the target, i.e. it would benefit the enemy instead of you. And she only starts with five of these, and the more more of them you get, the less control you have over the skill. Yeah. Uh, it's basically a wild magic surge. So I, I, I tried it once, like... The first time I put her in my party, I had just left a save point, thankfully. I tried it once, lost half of my magic points, and then reset. (laughs) And never used it again. Her other skills is aromatherapy, which is useful to a degree, but it does have a big middle finger to it as well. You'll find various oils over the course of the game, and uh, you start off with two, which is ocean and misty. And what you do is you uh, mix them together in a specific order, and you get a buff to your party or like some type of this first one, like you can get a heal. They're all buffs for the party. They're all buffs. I I don't know if healing is technically a buff, whatever. They're all positive. They're all good things. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I was like, wait a second. Healing's not a buff, but the short is it's temporary extra health that you'll lose in the future. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) After a certain number of turns. Um, Yeah. The gotcha is that uh, Lucia herself does not benefit from these at all. Yeah, as I said, like the order you do this in actually matters, even if it's the same two oils, which is horribly confusing. I just know that uh, like the order that I did it in, which I think is Ocean into Misty, which is like if you just select the default options, it is a uh, it is a party heal, like a pretty good party heal. Uh, The problem is that it costs 20 MP to use every time, uh, which is pretty expensive. Does it track the results as you discover them? Uh, Uh, Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, I believe it does. So, like, it'll tell you in the future, like, if you go to select Ocean and Misty in the future, it just says this is what it'll do? Yes. Okay. Like with the combo magic, which I actually, uh, I didn't realize that I could, in fact, do combo. I thought I had to, like, unlock combo magic before I could use it because everything was just question marks. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess I don't have access to this yet. So, yeah, pro tip. The question mark just means that you haven't used it, so you don't know what the effect is yet. You can, in fact, just do the thing. Yeah. It's mostly tedious because the fact that it goes both ways in order means every time you get a new oil, it's like a bajillion new combos. And you have to fill them all out or keep a guide around if you want to know what does what. Yeah. And and like surprisingly, because I I had it set to technical, uh, the window to hit this is actually very tiny, like surprisingly tiny for what should be like her main skill. Yeah. I haven't missed what? it, Wait. but I got close. <laughs> well, More later sucks. in the game, like the resource cost of it becomes irrelevant, probably. Oh, no, they start scaling up like they start getting into hundreds. Jesus Christ. Yeah, like uh, most of the ones you use in late game are like 75 MP per. Does like Geppetto's um, doll cast costs go up at all or are they just fix 20? I actually don't remember. I will have to check that, but I think they stay. Because by the end of this dungeon, like, uh, it's, you were hitting, like, Grail Gazer for, like, 150 for 20 mana. Mm. But let's talk about why Lucia sucks as a party member. She has the weakest physical attack in the game by a mile. Unlike every other character in the game, she begins with zero affinity with anyone. This makes sense for the current party, who she just tried to murder, but literally nobody will ever start with good feelings toward Lucia, even the party members we haven't met yet. 
So there are uh, other spoilers. More people are coming. Yeah. And, and when they come in, they come in with like a set set of affinity to certain characters. So here's the thing. Every time you have someone join the party, they will have a set number of affinity towards other people. Like when you start the game, Karen and Yuri get along really well together. So they have a boost. Geppetto and Yuri have been friends a while. They have a boost. Lucia is the only person in the game who never has a default affinity. So you have to grind her up to make her as combo ready as anyone else. It is weird how much affinity Joachim has for Yuri, given what his backstory is now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Lucia is basically only useful for quick buffs and mass healing. But otherwise... She is hands down one of the worst people in the game to have in your party, and you have to get her to where she is useful. You have a lot of shitty characters. Like, Karen and Blanca are not good characters. Blanca has very distinct places where they can wreck shop. Yeah, like, he's okay, but I'm definitely going to replace him later. See, I tend to leave Geppetto out. Oh, dude, Geppetto uh, fucking... His magic so is so much powerful. damage, dude. Yeah, so much damage. I also tend to he has Geppetto so much out, MP. But... Like Geppetto, like enough MP to get through several dungeons. Here's the thing: I have Yuri for all my elemental damage. Sure, it's not. It's not about elemental damage. It's not about hitting elements, right? It's about putting out as much damage as possible because you cannot really be defensive because you have three meters that go down all the time, not just two. Mm. Yeah. I, 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 I took Lucia with me into the next two dungeons. Cause I'm like, well, they just gave it to her. Fucking uh, rube. <laughs> I, Cause I'm like, Hey, they gave me a new character. Let me try, uh, try her out. And, uh, I basically turned her into like the healing and buff person, which like basically, cause otherwise I would be using, you know, I had basically two melee characters and a caster. That's what Blanca, that's what Blanca does for me, except yeah. he can also be okay physically. Yeah, I yeah. guess like using the uh, the heal, like the oil heal was useful in that I didn't have to put all of like my healing crests on her. I could put other things. Don't you have like Arc Cure yet? Uh, I do have Arc Cure, but I had it on Karen, so I had like a second option. Oh, Rube. <laughs> I didn't ever used it. I haven't had to use it because uh, Lucia kept everyone topped off pretty much. I had one. I just have had several bosses where all anyone wants to do is try to kill Geppetto. So Blanca just spends every turn healing Geppetto, and everyone else is doing nukes, and it seems fine. Uh I don't know why everyone always wants to kill Geppetto because he's the he's clearly the the weakest. He's the oldest, so you you kill the oldest first. It's it's just like the virus, or everyone else is uh does the Lord's work and tries to kill the horny perv. I mean, they happen to be the same person here. Uh huh. What we're uh, saying is being horny makes you weak. You, you get rid of all that essential energy, you know, just jerking off all the time. <laughs> all your vital essence flees and you become 80. <laughs> you become a weird old dude with a little girl mannequin that he fights with. <laughs> <laughs> you get a permanent weird. debuff to your charisma stat. Very weird. Mm-hmm. Also, you're an alcoholic. Ah. <laughs> uh. Oh my god! But you only pay six dollars at the golden at the uh, old country buffet. I just kind of approached it like uh, Final Fantasy party combinations, honestly, and just sort of went, uh, "Let's see, uh, girl and dog. Okay, you're in my party. Okay, 
I mean, like at least there is um, experience share. Mm-hmm. Because, like, if imagine this game, but without experience share, especially with like yeah. how it's it's boss heavy, it, it well, just would get fucked. Because uh, oh, later yeah. on, there are mandatory party compositions. Oh, that uh-huh. too. I I didn't even consider that, but that makes <sighs> sense. I accidentally saw that when I was scrolling through a game fact. Oops. Huh. Uh, so yeah, at the very least, I, I don't know if there's like a penalty to being on the bench at all. There probably is a there is one, but like fifty percent XP penalty. Yeah. Okay, so it's not it's not perfect, but at least it's something. That's a lot. That's a lot. What do you think about bosses, my guy? Yeah, yeah, because like I don't know, like uh, the last but, boss of this bat- batch was like two thousand or like twenty three hundred. Yeah, think about how many random encounters that is. But it's guaranteed XP. No chance of sanity screwing it up. Yeah, that's, well, that's true. true. Yeah, not that that's been a problem for me, but I I because I'm not using <laughs> except Karen. for that first pack. Yeah, except for the first battle where you have to use Karen. Karen is the fuck up. Karen sucks so bad. Uh, I'm, I'm going to probably keep her in my party. I'll just switch out uh, Lucia for, um, for what's his Honestly, name? Honestly, like, the thing that's bad about Karen is that her sanity is so fucking low. It's yeah, like, that's the worst part. Yeah, sometimes she just gets zero experience or you have uh-huh. to waste more turns pumping items into her. Mm-hmm. I would rather not have to prop up Karen. Karen is Goku's silk shirt is what we're saying. His weighted shirt. A lot of the design decisions make no sense to me. Karen being, like, totally gutted by how shitty her sanity points are is a very strange decision to me. Everything about the way Lucia works is a very strange decision to me. I don't get it. Yeah, it's just there's all there's so many systems, and then some of them happen to be major drawbacks. <laughs> on it's certain so characters. weird that Geppetto and Blanca are the only normal characters so far. Yeah, pretty much. Anyway, we're headed to Italy. I mean, we're we're technically there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're heading to the uh, Italian branch of uh, Gladio Sapientes. Apparently, they have a uh, a little franchise hideaway. The franchise. Yeah, it's the franchise. It's the Italian franchise. So we get to go there, and a- apparently, th- by this point, you could solve the Flame Desert page in Solomon's Key. I hadn't checked that yet, so I'm probably missing something. I will go yeah. and look up more crests. I'm definitely missing a crest from um, Lahav's lottery. Yeah. Yeah, I I missed a couple lotteries. I think that's what it was. Yeah, I didn't quite have enough. The first room uh, in the uh, base contains a chest with a new crest, which lets you finish off the Enchanting Sea page if you've been doing everything. Um, In the next room after that, you find a bunch of books lying around. And basically, you read the books and they... uh, have like a couple paragraphs of text uh, and there is like a line in there that mentions a time and it's like three o'clock six o'clock nine o'clock and uh, then there's a clock in the room and you just go to the clock and put in the times and they do things it's actually like this is not a puzzle in a very strange way it's like you can put in times that are not the correct time and nothing happens it's just like a joke like one of the books is like one a of the books says church or something. No, it, it, what what it is is that uh, it's like, oh, uh, it takes about three hours for food to go from being eaten to being a fart. So if you eat lunch at noon, you will fart at three p.m. So you go to the clock and you set it to three p.m. And then the vase next to you emits a foul odor, and that's it. That's the joke. 
and then that's that one's just crossed off the list and nothing happens you just it bums me out get that to try I got again. the right i got the right one the second time and i missed out on the other jokes because it doesn't let you change the time if you already know the right one yeah i think once you get the solution you can't go back because uh, i yeah. i missed the black book like this this room is surprisingly there's a few spots where there are triggers to interact with things that are hard to find like getting the one to just look at the piano <laughs> It like, makes it, which yeah. makes it a huge letdown for uh, the later office, which seems like it would have even more things to interact with, but you can't do anything. Nope. <laughs> uh, yeah, and like, there's one where I, it's a, it, it's like set it to six p.m. for love, and the fireplace gets hotter, and then it says your love went up, and uh, like Yuri had like a little heart show up above his head. I don't know if that did anything. <laughs> I bet you get something dumb like one affinity point. It probably, but. Yeah, there's there's one in particular you got to pick. And of course, it's the one that sounds the least appealing, which is it, it describes it as like a death trap, like it triggered a death trap. And this it's is like not, a yeah, it's like a spy book. It's like a, uh-huh. a like one of the books is this like pulp spy serial. And the passage in it is about like someone is hiding in a room from their pursuers and they heard footsteps outside their door just as the clock struck nine. And then the passage ends and Yuri goes, wait, that's all that's there? I was interested. Fuck. Yeah. There's the other one where, like, the the one, the love one, I think, is missing pages. And it's like, oh, I was just getting good. <laughs> so, yeah, you set it to the clock. And uh, this turns out to be a elevator to go to the second floor uh, that, that was hidden. I like this dungeon. I do, too. It's another one that's, like, barely anything. But that's kind of nice. Yeah. The gimmick on this floor is you're going to keep returning to one room that has an odd machine with different parts and passwords. And there's a library maze you'll wander through to progress that a little. Eventually, it will unlock the elevator to take you to the third floor, which has an office and a boss fight. Yeah, like you're going through like hidden paintings and stuff. It's cool. Worth noting that you can get hugely fucked here by the encounters. There's an encounter with... um two of the little wolverines and then the wolverine generals and they all do different ring disabilities so god help you if you get surprised by this encounter oof that was not good just immediately had to flee because everyone had like invisible or uh tiny ring tiny ring isn't bad but yeah tiny ring is funny (laughs) yeah yeah but invisible ring was bad initially because i had just changed up everyone's rings but later (laughs) on when I nail, like, a five-hit invisible ring, feels real good. Tiny uh-huh. ring, just, like, it doesn't do anything to your ring. It just literally makes the sprite a bit tiny. Yeah. That's very good. I like that. I love that. It's very cute. When you get to the third floor, you get into a boss with a, um, some weird flying blob monster. Don't know how to describe it. It is named Janus. Janus is light-based and knocks your special defense down and then follows up with, uh, either a big fire AOE or a um, high damage single target thing. He's very fast is the thing that I noticed, like almost as fast as Yuri, but he was light elemental. So I murdered him down. General strategy is keep healed up, buff against the weaknesses that he can inflict. And you just kind of take him down. I definitely uh, two rounded this fight with uh, the extremely fast uh, tier three dark fusion. Yeah, if you have a good dark setting going into this fight, this guy has no defense against it, and you can slice him like tissue paper. I didn't have too much trouble with this fight. It did take me a little bit, just because I wasn't playing super optimal, but 
what did happen was uh most fights it seems like even if you're not being super optimal like you can kind of burn them down if you can set up two like good big like four person combos so i did do that and the boss was left with like no hp left it was like barely alive and the very next turn jaren came up and her sanity dropped to zero and she went berserk and i was just sort of like i knew that was going to happen i wasn't too worried about it because i knew that i could just like kill the boss at any point so i'd have a chance to just uh give karen some sanity back but uh instead she went berserk and she ran up to the boss and she hit it once and killed it and i just sort of was like okay i'm almost done here anyway i'm not even gonna bother so i, I just rolled with too it. bad karen didn't get that xp to level up to get more sanity points to prevent this from happening <laughs> <laughs> hmm. yeah so after beating the boss we discover that the entire base is uh, abandoned. Uh, and we knew that actually going in, I believe, uh, from a cutscene earlier. I think it's the, the it's the cutscene. Oh, yeah, yeah. When Lenny and um, Nikolai are talking, Lenny is still, like, upset that he, like, gave up the secret about Florence. And uh, Nikolai is like, oh, well, it's good we already moved him. I'm also having my own problems with uh, something else. The boss. The master. The boss. Yeah. I think this is the first time he's gotten mentioned. Yes. But anyway, that's not where they are right now, because where they are, Nikolai and Lenny are in a giant blimp, which starts shelling this uh, this uh, building and blows everything up. Uh, we also they tell us that uh, Roger Bacon has been moved to St. Marguerite Island. But yeah, they try to blow us up. I, I thought it was hilarious that they could actually hear each other from that distance. But yes. <laughs> Because they would yeah. not have been able to hear anything. I was kind of like, wait, wasn't that the island we were just on? Is that something else? I don't know. I wasn't paying that much attention. Yes, we it's were not just... the same island. Yeah, Man Mariana. Look, I know very little about geography. They could just, like, the, the dot could be somewhere in Africa. I'd be like, I guess that's England. Huh. <laughs> I mean, for a while, you uh, wouldn't be wrong. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh... <laughs> you walked right into that one. Wow, just like Ugh. the Cheeto in chief, you can't read a map. Uh, the sun never sets. Turns, turns out Trump was just anti-emancipation, and when he said those shithole countries, he meant England. <laughs> also, the sun definitely sets. Look who's running. Ho-ho! Hi-yo. Uh, incredible tweet from earlier in the year. It's gonna be a great year for Britain. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. We are being told where Bacon is because Nikolai claims he will absolutely give us Roger Bacon if we give up the Emigre manuscript, a tome that controls life and death. Uh, you know, the fact that Bacon hasn't told them where it is when only Bacon and Yuri know means we should absolutely give this to the Sapientus Gladio. So we go get the fucking book. Makes sense. Uh, no, before we do that, we uh, stop and visit Carla for a second and get another one of the uh... Yuri's crown drawing cutscenes where he uh, exposits about these uh, three magical books from the first Shadow Hearts. I still don't know what's going on with any of this. So basically the gist of it is, is that 10 years ago, someone stole three books from the Vatican, the Pulse Tract, which brings a, a god from the soul of the earth, the Radier text, which summons a god from beyond the stars, which was the end boss of the last game, and the Emma Gray manuscript, which is being asked for right now. Uh, the villain of Shadow Hearts was the thief who used them all irresponsibly to create various boss battles for us. Uh, honestly, the models look pretty fucking lit, according to the postage stamp uh, cutscene in the corner. They were uh -huh. incredibly sick. 
Uh-huh. Uh, and after the final battle, uh, Bacon and Yuri decided how to handle these. Uh, Yuri uh, wanted to do the right thing and light them on fire, but uh, uh, Bacon knew that there would be a sequel one day, and he hid them in a hole under whales. Uh-huh. Yeah. For what it's worth, I feel like I should point out that the battle with the god beyond the stars takes place on a giant judgment ring in space. Fuck yeah, dude. That's that's hella lit. <laughs> I thought you would like that detail. Uh-huh. Do you, do you use the ground as the judgment ring? No, you are just oh. all fighting on a spinning ring as your oh, that would be so that would be so good if that was the ring you used. That would be good. Oh. <laughs> that's what I was thinking too like, ah, oh, does it move or like do you, do you get to use it? Yeah, so uh, we do get another wolf bout uh, that sits at the end of this dungeon, which thankfully is very, very short. (laughs) His name is Henry. He is an old human that got turned into a wolf form, and he says he has to win this fight in order to turn human. I don't know who gets to decide that. Who knows? But apparently the dude is uh, 91 years old, according to the library, and uh, he has a earth spell that he likes to uh, cast on you. And uh, also likes to reverse your ring. This fight wasn't too bad. I, mean, I think he only has like 300 hit points. So like you yeah. just do a bunch of soul comets and you're there. Does that reverse the position or the direction the hand the spin, moves? The spin. Yeah. Okay. That seems still very easy with Blanca. Because if you like I have three hits. So that means that they're all at the end instead of near the beginning. So that would make it extremely easy. Yeah. 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 I am going to point, take a moment to point out before we move on to the next dungeon, just that uh, the last few dungeons, we both, both of them, we kind of said like, yeah, this dungeon is pretty, pretty short, like pretty straightforward. Uh, oh we kind of like it. Uh, yeah, that's uh, very much not the next dungeon. Uh-huh. This dungeon is almost as long as our podcast. This dungeon is why everyone is mad at me. <laughs> uh... I wanted to get the worst of the game over with. I'm sorry. That's cool. I only we only did two mines and like a dungeon uh, that is three hours long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a big one. So we go back to Wales, and Roger Bacon's house has both activated a vending machine to sell us things and grown a rope Wait, ladder what? into the. Yeah, the vending machine okay. is active now. I mean, I didn't need any items or whatever because I just went back to Florence. But he has a whole new tier of weapon upgrades. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah. Oh, those Aww. are the ones that I bought at the bottom. Fuck you. Yeah, that's what I did, too. <laughs> yeah, you could have had them all dungeon long. God damn. Fuck you. Fuck you, Fletch. <laughs> I, I put you, them you in are, the notes for a reason. Which were not in here until this morning. <laughs> I'll put the notes up earlier next time. <laughs> I could have anyway. just known that yesterday and saved probably at least 30 minutes. Because uh, when I came in, I was just barely not one-turning most of the enemies in the area. Yeah, so was I, because I was at level 18 going in. Oh, boy. Well, I'm saying, if I had these weapons, I would have pushed them over to being, like, one-turning the uh, eyeball guys. Yeah, those guys are motherfuckers. Thank you.
Thank you to listening to Lightning Strikes Thrice. If you want to support our podcast, we are part of the Pitch Drop Podcast Network, along with uh, other shows you should check out, such as being Jim Davis and Bocono Stop. There are two versions of Bocono Stop. There is a free version and a completely different version that is for patrons only. If you want to listen to that and get other cool benefits like joining our Discord, please go to patreon.com forward slash pitchdrop or tentacle.pro and uh, give us a few bucks. And of course, ratings and reviews are always welcome. Thank you. So yeah, uh, we're going into the uh, Neem Ruins, uh, which is a one of the most kind of uh, intricate, I would say, uh, dungeons in the game. The first half of this dungeon is very heavily based on basically like elaborate kind of moving block puzzles. Like like you have to cross gaps using these floating blocks that move in certain ways. And you have to like, you know, do a bunch of uh, uh, kind of mapping out how to get across the area. Uh, and uh, it's very tedious. The encounter rate is very high uh because battles in this game are fairly involved it's pretty easy to get in a fight and forget what you were doing oh, and 100 percent, i went from the third floor to the second floor back in the wrong direction multiple times oh no nice uh and uh yeah apparently uh you have to come back for some side quests later if you're gonna do those so uh, yep. that's fun fuck you buddy not doing that <laughs> there's gonna be a wolf bout down there yeah yeah of course not gonna do that i'm just gonna replace blanca and never go back to a dungeon again an easy way to sum up a lot of this dungeon there's one point in the middle that doesn't fit this is this if you played xenosaga episode three there was no, a huge mini game called oh Hot no Hops. i remember this now yep you basically played Lemmings with the cast in 3D puzzle spaces using colored buttons that match the triangle, square, etc. keys to trigger cubes to shove, dump, and jump your characters around to get them from the entrance to the exit. This dungeon is Hackox with random encounters for the first half. Oh. Actually, that's a respectable sales number. I really love that minigame. I'm surprised no one has made a clone of it. Huh. Like... Seriously, indie devs, make me a cheap knockoff of Hackox. They would have done it, but we all know developers are lazy. I I really am just amazed nobody has taken that idea and run with it. So, uh, once you get past all of the uh, kind of a floating block puzzle section, you kind of hit the midpoint of the dungeon and you uh, get into kind of this uh, chamber in the center and uh, Karen starts freaking out and uh, hearing voices and... Uh, like talking about her parents and shit. I was so excited because I played a video game before, so I know that when you get a cutscene in a dungeon, you're at the end of the dungeon. Uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew I knew this wasn't the end because there wasn't a save point, so the boss wasn't showing up yet. I was gonna say that the back half is not as much a pain in the ass, and then I remembered that no, there's a whole bunch of like a new type of block moving puzzle oh, thing yeah. after the Famicom. Oh, yeah, you get into 3D space, and then there's platforms you can fall off of. Yeah. Which make you go over, across a room so big that you're going to get an encounter or two every time you fall. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's a lot. <laughs> it sucks shit. Uh, <laughs> I, so, I didn't so, so hate it, but really it, I didn't hate it, but it took way too long. Like it, it should have been half the life. This is when I started started riding the turbo button so hard that I would engage it for Yuri's transformation and all of the attacks. I would just toggle it off when I had to do the ring and then immediately turn it back on for the attacks. Uh-huh. Just trying to save all the time I could. Roughly every one of the members of the podcast would get here and then start angrily sending me messages, except I think Matt. Yeah, I just kind of rolled through it last night. Well, look, Matt Matt understands that it's really important to reach across the aisle and see both sides of the podcast format. <laughs> like, I'm just, you know, I, I'm just facilitating discourse. Perhaps the truth is somewhere in the middle of the optimal podcast length. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, somewhere between 30 minutes and four hours. Uh-huh. <laughs> As we hit hour three of this recording session. We're almost Good there. News, I am recording. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I knew that. I knew that joke was coming. I knew it was coming. Oh, no, he would be over if you lost the track for this. No, we, it's fine. You started Craig. It's true. We did start Craig. <laughs> That's true. We do have Craig now. I wonder if Craig works with recordings that are three hours for four people. God. I guess I'll find out. Yep. You're supposed to tell me about this cutscene, Fletcher. I we did. We talked about Karen's oh. dead grandmother calling for her and this place being mad cursed. Did we talk about this? I'm pretty sure I mean, we, we only just mentioned, mentioned that, that the cutscene existed, not what it was. Because right, well, you la- go ahead, tell me about we're, it. We're mildly delusional at this point. I want to die. <laughs> I definitely want to die. That's right. <laughs> World is a much fuck. like Karen's dead grandmother. I'm going to start beckoning my loved ones into hell with me after this. Yeah, that's it. And then uh, Karen mentions. Hey, y'all want to come to Germany later and see the ruins of my family? And Yuri's like, okay. It comes out of nowhere. It's just kind of like, oh, this person just experienced a, a traumatic uh, moment where she was hearing voices of her dead grandmother. And then she goes, hey, would you like to like come by sometime? You know, just also, go to Yuri Munich. slaps her when she, he's like, he does slap basically her. all yeah. but says to stop being hysterical. Yeah, that wasn't yeah. good either. Yeah, Yuri Gundams her in the face. Uh-huh. What? You know Sorry. what I mean. No, I was just oh. thinking, thinking about how he showed her his wow cool robot. <laughs> so Please, our next set of puzzles. Yeah, our next set of puzzles is that we have to step on a Super Famicom controller to make uh, stairs that are broken into four segments rise and fall. There's a second one of these that is even more complicated, optional to get you a uh, some treasure. Sh- like a good seal. Yeah, like that's a seal. Um, one of the yeah. reviver ones. Yeah, I think that's the rise. The uh, not the rise up. That's what gamers do. But whatever it's called. <laughs> uh, and if you finish this, you get an enormous flat room, which looks like something is supposed to happen in the middle of it. And the Majumel brothers are there. They, in fact, do have something new. If you did not know, a vending machine turned on. <laughs> and there's a save point right there. And in the. Uh, South southeastern corner of the uh, room, there's a hidden invisible ring soul that says uh, Yuri just op- this is the one where Yuri just opens with how's your wife and then he just leaves saying he can't put in any overtime today. Uh-huh. We're getting blown off in more and more elaborate ways each time. It's very good. Yeah. So after that, uh, we're at the last puzzles with invisible blocks, but it's kind of not the last puzzle. This is a, a section where uh, you step on a gold block. It shows you a path that lights up briefly. 
and you're trying to uh, follow the path or you fall down to the that giant floor that you just walked past. There are also fake there are also fake paths. There there are fake paths. It, it does branch. There is one section where you can cross like a random floating block to get a shortcut, which I didn't use. <laughs> the nice thing is that if you step on a square, it stays lit up. So like you're not making you don't have to like memorize it in real time every time. And um when you come back up, the ones that are stuck in position that you can still see now have walls, so you can't fall yeah. off pieces you already did. Thank fuck. Oh, I didn't realize you couldn't fall off yeah. it. <laughs> that's that's helpful. Yes. Um what? Honestly, like I fell off I more often fell off uh because like I just Yeah, cornering. Yeah, like like because like the way the character moves and like the way the camera angles are, it's actually like really hard to not not really hard but it's like more difficult than you would think to move the character in a straight line with any kind of precision and not just walk off the edge even though you know where you're going yeah yeah for those who haven't played this if you could fall off the ones you already did this would be worse than max Payne's nightmare sequences what i was gonna say is the first half of the dungeons cube puzzles where you're transferring between floating cubes give you an invisible grate to keep you from falling off during transfers or in motion. And while you're laying down the path on these, there is no such protection. Yeah. The the moving blocks that you get on, like you just get on them and you can't move until they're done. Yeah. But you can't fall off them afterwards when they're over the sky. Yeah, you're you're bounded yeah. to the map basically on that level. It is kind of a, an interesting dick move to, like, hide the ring soul off of one of the fake paths here. Because, <laughs> like, you have no reason to jump off. Like, it was, it's not like... Well, it's the first fake path. So there's, like, yeah. a 50-50 chance you fall for it because it hasn't didn't fake, fake you out on the first segment. Yeah. It sucks ass um, a lot. When you finish this, you go into a, another room where there are two different colored bridges... And uh, you have to run around the room like five times, changing the orientation to a path where you can reach the door. Mm -hmm. Then we I go down. I entirely forgot that room existed. I'm sorry, I didn't put it in the notes. That's fine. It took it took a while, even with turbo mode engaged. Oh, I just kind of breezed through that one. Yeah, that. Oh no, it's just it takes a long time if you want to get the treasure because you basically have to do the whole room twice. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Because there's there's always like uh, treasure chests in like little dead ends that you like. I I. I picked up everything yeah. here, uh, but it's like it takes it takes up a lot of time. The puzzles yeah. are not well designed enough that where you can there's a good way to do a bonus in a puzzle where you see everything up front and you have to make an extra logical leap to pick it up midway. Or there's the bad way of doing it, which they do here, which is that you can it's easy to get the puzzle, the treasure, but it also requires you to basically reset the puzzle and spend more time. And also like, and yeah, also, the, like, the camera angles are just not giving yeah. you enough information. Yeah. And again, you're like fighting uh, extremely strong yes. enemies. Yeah. Like you, you're we actually like we alluded to this a couple of times, like the fucking the eye enemies in this thing, like they will spawn like uh, later on, you'll get like four or five six of these fucking eye enemies I didn't at the same time either. and Oof. they're not like sturdy like they're not hard to kill but they're extremely hard to kill on mass because the like you don't really have spells that have like a large uh, like a medium circle even 
Like, no. most of your AoEs are small circles. If you're and... lucky, you hit them with the pierce beam. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, that's... The only way you can... The only way you can really hit multiple of them is if you can get them lined up uh, for a linear attack. Because the circular attacks just, like... The models are just big enough that if two of them stand next to each other, they will not overlap within a small circle. So you have oh. to fight them. You basically have to like fight them one at a time, and it's like so slow. Yeah, and for- and they come with giant statues that do a fuckload of damage. Uh, oh yeah, with their physical buffs and have insane physical defense. It's it got to the point where I'm like, oh thank God, it's just the snake with 500 hit points. Yeah, the the snake's also a pain in the ass. The snake, you can just, like, you know, combo up your dudes and just, like, kill it. But... And he doesn't do any damage. He does very little damage. I'm like, oh, thank God, it's just the <laughs> snake. With the rock dudes, when they showed up on their own, this is where I started actually trying to do combo magic, and I and I discovered just how difficult that is with a technical ring on. Uh, but, uh, like, I, mm. I should probably, like, find a picture of that. It's hilarious. Uh, but, yeah, these, these eye guys, and I, I, for me, I had to take at least two turns to kill them. Uh, at least, like, two characters had to, like, combo up to kill one of them. So it ended up just taking, like, isn't I started skipping there, these battles. Isn't there at least one enemy type in here that does petrify? No, I didn't see that ever. I, I don't think so. I vaguely remember getting petrified. That might have been in a previous dungeon. I definitely ran into yeah. something that petrified me. It could maybe be, like, an on-hit proc. It's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, the, the, yeah, these fights are very, very taxing. At least the nice thing is uh, when you get to the point where the Madrimail brothers are there and at the save point, like if you wanted to grind, you could do that without ha- much trouble because you could just buy all the items you need to keep healed up. If I weren't playing this for the show and like trying to like get to the end of it, I might have spent a little time just sort of trying stuff out at that spot. But yeah, these these battles are pretty, pretty dangerous. So. After you have cleared all that, you are finally at the pre-boss save point. This is where you want to equip a bunch of Leonardo's bears, because it's time for the Stargazers and Grailgazer. Hooray. Ooh, I'm so tired. Uh, Never been so happy to see a boss in my life. Ha. Huh. Okay, so uh, this fight is... Uh, so the Stargazer is your, your main boss, and it comes with two... No... The, the grill gazer is the main one. Yeah. So the grill gazer is the main boss. It's like a giant starfish thing? Or is it the stargazers that are the, the stargazers things? are starfishes. Yeah, they're yeah. they're like weird undersea monster themed ish. So you've got the boss, you've got two ads. Uh fortunately the ad it is the type of fight where the ads are gone once you kill them. But you really want to kill them fast because they will uh attack you with instant death. Again, more SMT. And the Grailgazer itself is just really strong. Like, it just... It'll just kind of nuke you with uh, water spells that do a ton of damage. And the uh, the Stargazers and the Grailgazer will combo together so long as the Stargazers are alive. So, yeah, you just really have to get rid of those guys. Mm-hmm. To really sum up how, like, big of a dramatic leap this fight is in terms of power level, the Stargazers put together have about the same HP as the last boss you killed, uh, with nastier skills, and then the actual main boss, Grailgazer, who has, like, 300% of the other guy's health, and, uh, it's like a fucking truck. Mm-hmm. This is, without a doubt, 
the low point of the whole game, in my opinion. And it's why I wanted this done on this update when I routed this. Uh-huh. Everything after this is better than what you went through this week. Well, thank you, Based Fletcher. <laughs> thanks. That's all I wanted. I just uh, wanted that thanks, much like Obama. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And much like Obama, only idiots will give it to you. And much like Obama, I'm killing you all, and you're going to smile and thank me. <laughs> Please, Mr. Fletcher. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drowning. You could tell Fletcher is Obama because his company's website doesn't work. <laughs> you could also tell that I'm Obama <laughs> because I have that laugh. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh-huh. Tell me about how the bosses went, boss went for you guys real quick. <sighs> lot of Leonardo's bears and a good combo that took out roughly half of the grail gazer's health that turned the last chunk into a defensive fight i got through it on the first try it it did turn into a bit of a item use war of attrition towards the end uh, as as it as you do honestly i would have been fine if i hadn't just like gotten nerves and fucked up a bunch of combos at the last step yeah i had um like half of my team had Leonardo's bears on and I was using uh Lucia to uh put rage on uh Yuri who was in the level 3 fire um uh, fusion who was doing like really solid damage with every hit and then I also uh, buffed Karen up with uh with fire damage as well but I got really lucky cuz I put paralysis on Karen's uh like as a attach skill like a paralysis one and I first, I think like first round, she paralyzed one of the starfishes, the stargazers, and so it was basically dead for the for the rest of the fight. It it got a little bit hairy at the end where I started running into sanity point problems, but like I ended up clearing it without that much trouble. I had to do this twice. Uh, the first time, um, I decided for the first time I would try a combo, and then immediately got hailed, and everybody went in berserk and <laughs> got a game over. Yeah, that that, Just that was immediately. What, that that's what happened to me uh, at one point. Was uh, I tried to do a four person combo, and then it yeah, I did a hail break and hit everybody, and then like two of my people went insane. And then when I actually went on my non false run, I won this in a single round. Uh, and this is exactly how it went. Joachim starts first. He does the home run and knocks out one of the stargazers. So we're down to two guys. Geppetto hates Joachim, who gets to go again before the boss. Uh, and he he uh, home runs the other stargazer when he does. And uh, Blanca uh, does an attack boost to Yuri, who is now in that uh, super strong uh, tier three shadow form that's level 10 at this point. And uh, then we use a five key and get all five five hit physical attacks with the 30% attack boost. And it does an incredible amount of damage and instantly kills the boss. <laughs> nice. I did have to hit all 25 of them in a row very quickly. Oi. So does it does it keep going fast or like how does the, the actual like momentum it stay, of it? It do? stays at the same speed, but it's a five hit combo, which okay. means that some of them are very small. <laughs> yeah, I can. I can imagine. And you had to do it five times in a row. And, and you didn't have which you, you didn't have the slowdown um, thing on on him. That's on Geppetto, because I don't want to flush MP. Ah, uh, okay. Because physical attacks, I don't care if I waste a turn. It's not wasting resources, like wasting, missing a spell. Does, does it, it actually spends the MP if you miss it? I don't, I, I don't like, even notice. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it does. 
Yeah, no, it definitely doesn't because I failed combo uh, magic and did not lose 64 magic points doing it. Hmm. Because uh, that would have been brutal if you like you not only do you miss the combo, but you also use half your MP for that character. <laughs> well, like even still, like Geppetto, usually the biggest nuke because you're not always using a five key. So I still always want to get that. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, that's that's how I one turned the Stargazer, Stargazer and Grailgazer fight. <laughs> nice. So Yeah, after you uh, one turn the uh, Stargazer and Hailgazer fight. Hailgazer. I am so fucking tired right now. Uh, I, I just nodded off for a second. Alright. So you you beat the boss. Yuri picks up the evil skull book. You came here to get an evil skull book. You may have forgotten because we've been doing block puzzles for an hour. And uh, as soon as he does, he's transported back into his goth mind palace. Where his creepy clone prison tree has been turned in, into uh, another copy of the evil skull book. Does he trip? No, I, I looked away he... for a second and he winds up on the ground. I, I know he gets like blown back and is like crawling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because he like passes out in the real world. Yeah, he like. Yeah, he, he like picks up the book and like whites out. When he touches the book again in his uh, soul graveyard, he starts getting uh, uh, visions of a naked lady who I assume is a character from Shadow Hearts 1. Probably. I don't know. This is dead wife. Yeah, it's Alice, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Why is she naked? Who knows? She's only naked the first time. The second she has the outfit she wore on uh, at the end. That's an improvement. Yep. (laughs) But he uh, wakes up and we've got the book. So uh, we're uh, off to attend the Cannes Film Festival and see some prestige pseudo-indie films before they get picked up for broad distribution by a subsidiary of a division of a global mega conglomerate. Nice. Yeah, Yuri, like, plays it off, too. They're like, what happened to him? He's like, oh, I guess I just need to eat something. <laughs> so, uh, Which uh, I'm feeling right now, considering it's like we started this at, like, 2 p.m. and it's now 5.30. Oh, I just started eating food. I already ate. I, 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 I heard. I ate in the middle of this. I it's haven't for- yet, so you better believe I am going to tear off, like, something right. edible soon and just, uh. like, chew on it. Yeah. Wrapping it up, do we have any closing thoughts on the uh, this uh, section of Shadow Hearts Covenant? Other than how long it was, thank you, Fletcher. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, yeah, we we are instituting a new rule that the person doing routing can never do a new game plus file again. It's only a new rule because, much like the premise of Airbud, I didn't think it had to be said because of the whole pro- the whole premise of the first playthrough is pacing. <laughs> Look, I'm just saying, Fletcher. You tried. You air butted this podcast, and now you're gonna suffer for it. We're all gonna suffer no. for it. I'm not gonna suffer. Matt has to edit this one. Yeah, that's true. That is true. <laughs> it sucks. Uh, half of it doesn't matter at all, yeah. which makes it which makes me extra salty about it when I had to spend literally all day yesterday doing this. For me, on a more kind of holistic level, I think. Uh, there's a lot of really interesting things happening here. Uh, like just in terms of like the tone is like so fucking weird and all over the place. And like, it's not a lot of it. I wouldn't say is good, especially the inexplicably horny bits, but like it's weird. And I always appreciate weird. What I found though, was that by the end of this, like even putting aside kind of the, the length of the section we played for the podcast, everything like the, thing that really got to me was that i just was like 
really burnt out on those fights by the end of that dungeon. Like, the Judgment Ring is interesting. Like, it's an interesting mechanical experiment, uh, what this thing is doing for the PS2. But I found myself not wanting to engage in the same QTE over and over again for the rest of, you know, uh, probably like a good 30 hours or so, like total, I would guess. Mm-hmm. Oh, this game is like 40 to 60 hours, probably. I would say 40. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's a long. <laughs> would you know? Uh-huh. It's that... on the shorter side for JRPGs. <laughs> yeah, I I, I gotta it's, say, like, it's sw- still a lot of judgment ringing. It's a lot. Like, I I did have to say switching between playing this and Persona Five Royal back and forth. Every time I go back to Royal, I go like, what? Do, uh, oh, every time God, I go hit attack, game. I go, what do I do with my hands? I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> it just feels weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, it is. It it is actually like, again, with SMT comparisons, like the fights in this game are not trivial. Like, no, you have to think and be on point in every single fight every time. And that's interesting, but it also just winds up being really fatiguing. Like, just like I don't if I'm going to be doing the same fights over and over again, I actually don't want to have to be this on point for all of them. I want to. You know, again, like Persona Five, you there are only so many uh like like in this game, there are only so many enemy configurations you're going to find in an area, and like in this game, you can kind of figure out what they are and just sort of know how to execute every one of them when you encounter them. I feel like that's a result of JRPGs not originally being meant to be plowed through. But now they are being designed around the fact that people just play them for large sittings. So they are just less very thoughtless now. Mm. Like JRPGs are not very weird anymore. Yeah. At least not the ones that we've seen. Not, 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 not this weird, weird now. Like, yeah, no, not like this. But the thing is, on the flip side of that, like th- this is what happened to me last session, too. By the end of it, I was just running away from battles I didn't want to fight because it didn't cost me that much to not fight them really uh and self fusions are going to be so under leveled my guy i know i know like at some point i'm going to grind up the the soul level like yeah get a bunch of soul stuff but like you're not really costing yourself all that much by like skipping half the battles if you wanted to because of the experience um uh gain for bosses versus regular enemies uh which that that's how i ended up getting through this without losing my mind <laughs> Maybe that's what's happening to all your money because you have way less money than I am for some do for some reason. Uh-huh. And is it because you're buying items that I'm getting through battles? Uh, it's possible that that's happening. I don't really get that many. Like I, I'm still fighting like eighty percent of the battles that I end up getting into. I just I usually get to a point uh, in these longer dungeons where I go, you know, I, I'm going to save the the resources and the energy and the MP and just try to get to the next save point and then use a tent. It is weird that tents are so cheap because it just makes burning all your everything all the time correct. Oh yeah, because it's like they're like two hundred coin, like it's it's nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like I didn't hate this stretch as pro- probably as much as as y'all did. Like I didn't hate the block puzzles. There was just it took a long time, and I wish it wasn't happening with battles at the same time. I don't mind yeah. the play, but I hate it narratively. Because narratively, it's bad. Yeah, absolutely. Like it doesn't make any sense. Uh, and I, but I like I like the HQ and I liked the island. I liked what they were doing with those dungeons. They were they were brief. Oh, they're, 
they yeah. they had it they had a motif and you went for it and it wasn't just click a bunch of well yeah it wasn't so much click a bunch of switches or at least it had more flavor to it oh my god it feels like it's been a year i forgot grand papillion was in this episode That'd be <laughs> <close>. <laughs> god uh-huh what a weird game you can get in touch with us to complain to Fletcher about the length of this episode at, via Facebook at Light X Thrice. Uh, do you guys have anything you want to share with the listeners? So uh, you can find me on Twitter at a uh, Weird Autumn, uh, one word W Y R D Autumn. You can uh, find my Patreon at Patreon.com/WeirdAutumn. Uh, I write gay fantasy stories about magical ladies. That, that's kind of the long short of it. Uh, lately, I've mostly just been at home and kind of depressed uh 2020 mood indeed the chad 2020 yeah did i post did i post the virgin 2019 and the chad 2020 uh yes you have <laughs> it's very good yeah i need you to not be on my computer right now because you're gonna break something and i can't have that we're talking to a cat apparently yes i'm talking to my cat that just hopped up on my computer tower Matt, plug it. Bocono stop. We're still doing it sometimes. We're... Plug it. What do you mean sometimes? <laughs> Regularly. <laughs> Fuck you. Well, I'm saying, like, you know, uh, like, l- last we were r- recorded, we did uh, some bonus episodes on uh, at least the first part of the pilot for uh, Battlestar Galactica, the, the miniseries. It rules. It's very good, actually. Uh, yeah, it's quite nice. Thank you. And then... Uh, and that's pretty we're still doing JoJo's. You can listen to that by paying us at tentacle.pro along with the JoJo's podcast. Indeed. And that's about it for, for my side. John will be back. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm still in charge, so whatever. Uh <laughs> it turns out I'm the fucking devil. I'd like to pimp hell. You're all in it. This is my world and I just live here. Uh-huh. So thank you for that. Thank you. Everyone knows what happened this week, and it's going to happen again. Just wait until it happens again. Every episode ya. is going to be like this now. <laughs> no, next episode, you're going to be bad at me for the other reason. Is it too short? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I guess we'll we'll find out uh, in six weeks from now, <laughs> whenever this actually comes out. <laughs> the worst part is, is that the, we're just going to be... This is gonna be this is gonna be the season where they're the most wildly ahead. <laughs> like uh-huh. we'll be it'll be like next year before all these episodes are out and we have to play Xenosaga. <laughs> it, it's gonna be like uh, Lightning Returns all over again. The Lightning Returns was a lot. Yeah. Fifteen was a lot too. Fifteen we got super ahead. Yeah. Yeah, that, that ended up uh, taking up a long time. Anyway, we'll see you next time. You can listen to my other podcast on the network, Magmar Sucks, where we stack rank Pokemon according to how interesting they are. It came back. Uh, we talked about a cool fish with tits that also sucks out all of your bodily fluids when it stabs you. Hot. What? Yeah. <laughs> well, the fish. It, so look up, look up a picture of Gorbis. Co- combine the words gore and abyss. You might want to add Bulbapedia. Do not look at any other fan art of it. <laughs> oh, no. of course. Because it has uh, seashells on the underside, like, implying that it has tits, because it's clearly, like, female-coded. Huh. Perturbingly, since the seashells do not protrude much, it implies that the tits are small, and therefore there's a lot of, uh, lo- like, anthropomorphized lolicon of this Pokemon. Which we spent about half of the episode discussing. Ugh. Good news! My image results don't give me any of that, so what the fuck is wrong with Chris?
That's because you weren't John and you did not search it on DeviantArt. And then link that. Oh, no. That's the mistake. (laughs) But anyway, that's back now and that's the kind of hot content we bring. Uh Uh, That's all until next time we'll be talking about St. Marguerite through the party's arrival at Little St. James. Goodbye. This cat is stepping on my keyboard and I'm glad it didn't break anything. Hooray! This podcast was brought to you by the Pitch Drop Podcast Network. Like what you just heard? Support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash pitch drop. And while you're at it, check out pitchdrop.net for more of this and other shows. Giant pussy.